All right, how we doing? How about that rain deluge coming up on this house? What in the world? The Lord is clapping, is He not? Uh, pure joy to be here. Uh, normally we come every year. It's been four years. We were here on the 25th. We hope to bring our family next year on the 30th. But um, as many of y'all know, a big large part of my heart uh, has always been here, left it here, always bragging about you everywhere I go. Matter of fact, I just had a guest speaker just last week, and we were talking about the things of God and then got on the Holy Spirit and the glory of the Lord, and I began to tell some of the stories of the 90s, and he said, I was so glad to be able to come and minister in your church today, but this is why I'm here, what you're sharing with me now, because it's almost as if there was a fire burning right then and there over lunch, but just the fondest of ministries and we are, of memories, and we are family, and uh, we are connected at the hip, so much history together. And uh, just thank you for all those that have been laboring for 29 years, for those that have, uh, how many of have you have been here the whole 29? All right, how about 20, 15, 10, 5, 1? All right, very good. So I just uh, want to thank Pastor Mark and Terry, who's going to be getting back on island shortly. Appreciate you, the integrity, the character, the stability, the consistency we talked about earlier today, that uh, you really need strength to be consistent and to be sound, to be stable. And you've really brought that to this house. You've made it a safe place, a glorious place. Pastor Elmore, thank you for your energy. The man has joy abounding, would you agree? Dear me, I was saying earlier this morning, I wish the man would get some energy up on him and some joy, you know. So anyway, Elmore and Jen, God bless you all. Serena uh, and Marion and the team. We love you guys and bring you greetings from North Carolina from my wife, Elizabeth, and my three daughters. Again, we'll see who all is able to make it a year from now. But uh, we love you, life in the sun. Happy 29th. Rah, rah. So come on. Um, I want to bring a pastoral word to you today just in view of the last couple of years. I know that it's been a strain. It's been odd. It's been weird. It's been challenging. It's been chafing. Many live in just a sense of not knowing the future, maybe not knowing the presence. There's angst. There's pressure. But I just want to just lift us as a people today and encourage you that if we bring our stuff to the Lord as far as our vexation, maybe our setbacks, maybe just you've had fi uh, family challenges, maybe there's been uh, career dynamic challenges, who, who knows what's going on in your life. But I want to encourage you that if you bring it to the Lord and cash it in, God wants to redeem that. And I really believe that he wants to minister divine recompense to you. And I really believe he wants to give double for your trouble. And he wants to lift you. And as long as we're on the potter's wheel and looking to him and not going off into uh, illegal places of relief, as it were, but we're looking to the Lord to lift us out of our pain, out of any vexation, I believe you're going to see remarkable things coming off your life in these days. And so people say, are the times getting dark or are they getting better? The answer is yes. Darkness and deep darkness is coming on the land, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. So we're in training right now. 
I mean, these squirrely couple of years, we're in boot camp. We're in training. As one man said, God is detoxing the church, trying to get us free from a Laodicean spirit so we'll have enough muscle to handle the harvest when He chooses to truly give it. And I believe there's a harvest to come. My hope is even in another awakening to come. And so to me, the warfare, the social unrest, the political angst, and just everything going on is authenticating the fact that God's fixing to break in. I believe he wants to flex his muscle. I believe he wants in. But usually when he comes in a broad kind of way, it's against the backdrop of darkness and challenge. So be unusually hopeful and encouraged that God's about to break in. And when he does, I want to be among those numbered that are a part of what he's doing. I want to be useful to the master for every good work. Amen. All right, we're going to go to the classic chapter 53 of Isaiah here this morning. Just please join with me in verse 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He, Jesus, grew up before Him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to Him. Nothing in His appearance that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and so we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. By His wounds, by His breaking, by the stripes that He bore, we now are whole and healed. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. I just ask you for practical application, what that means for this hour that we're in. Lord, you want to redeem some things we've been going through in this last two years. Lord, the vexation, the complexity, even despair, those that are caught in depression, concern, fear of the future. Lord, I thank you. You want to lift us and you want there to be an exchange from death to life and a new way in us and through us. So do it. Speak to our hearts. Change our lives. In Jesus' name. Everyone in the house said, Amen. Who would think that wounds would result in healing? Go figure. I mean, who would deduce that brokenness and wounding would result in life? I mean, they seem polar opposites. Almost an oxymoron, as it were. How in the world could brokenness result in life, no one would ever do the math and come out with that answer. But in God's economy, it does. And as we receive the elements in the Lord's table through communion, it's a good time to look on those elements and realize His body really was broken. His blood really was spilt. And, you know, in Christmas, we like to celebrate whoop, whoop, His birth. And I'm telling you, Y'all are already playing Christmas music on this island. I'm sitting there eating breakfast, hearing about, you know, a winter wonderland. I mean, here we are in October. I love it. Go ahead and start it early. But in Christmas, we love to celebrate His birth. Easter is resurrection. 
But in the communion, we recognize his death. And many people don't want to go there naturally. But he said, remember me when you receive this, when you take these elements in view of what I've done for you. Because without my death, burial, and resurrection, there would be no healing. There would be no salvation. There would be no deliverance. There would be no breakthrough. So we look upon what he's done and we esteem the sacrifice that he paid. So when I'm holding the elements in my hand and I've had a few injuries and sports injuries and even a few surgeries, I mean, I'm looking at that wafer and I'm like, Dr. Jesus, do it. I mean, whatever's, you know, whatever's not quite right. I just pray you go to town and fix it. I mean, I start with my head all the way down, dislocated shoulder, ACL surgery, foot surgery, throat. Sur I mean, you know, I just go the whole gamut. Lord, just do it. And I thank you that by your wounds, Lord, I'm whole, I'm restored, and I make a demand on His sacrifice. The same thing with the blood, the juice. Lord, just wash me and purify me in Your blood. And so we're very intentional as we look to Him and what He did for us. So it's a paradox that virtue would flow from a wound. But it does. And that's why I'm telling you folks, the enemy is overplaying his hand, the warfare, the crap that's coming on the earth right now. He's overplaying his hand. He's overplaying his hand. Yes, the, even the people of God, even the church, you know, is going in different directions. But I'm, I'm telling you, God is going to break in. He's going to bring us into a proper alignment. We're going to find the grace of God. We're going to find the life of God. Yes, there is going to be a holy detox. We're going to shake off those things that don't belong. And so it's a shaking, yes, unto an awakening, yes. And we're going to come out better. And I want us to be in the habit these days of cashing in our challenge and cashing in our challenge, cashing in our brokenness and cashing in our woundedness unto new life because God wants to redeem it. Everyone's got stuff. Everyone has pain. The question is, where do you take it? What are you doing with it? People are medicating pain all the time. All the time going to illegal sources to medicate the pain. I tell you what, you bring it to the Lord by faith. And you allow Him to take the mess. You may feel like the most jacked up person on the island. But God's not intimidated, sweetheart. He's not, you said, if anyone really knew what was in my life, if anyone really knew, God knows. And He's just fine. He's not intimidated. That's why He died. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Cash that in, all the mess, all the muck. Watch him bring forth streams in the desert. Watch him bring forth beauty for ashes. So yes, we've got issues whereby we're broken, but we don't start, stop there. We bring it to the feet of the cross. We bring it to Jesus and just say, do, do something with it. We talked about yesterday in a leaders meeting how there's a Japanese form of art where when there's broken plates and pottery, what we would normally do is just dispose of it. But not with this particular kind of Japanese art form. They'll take those broken parts and fill it in with gold. And then it had greater value than it did in the beginning. And then they put it on display to be purchased. I'm telling you, God will fill us in with gold if we'll go to Him. And he'll display the beauty of his workmanship and his craftsmanship in our lives. As long as we stay on the potter's wheel, as long as we trust him, there's an exchange and a trade out. 
So we want to run to him in these days. It's okay to say, I don't know what's going on, dear me. I read the news, we look at the reports, and after a while, I don't know about you, but there are times I just got to back off. I'm like, I've got to get transcendent. This is not helping a man. <laughs> I need to have some prophetic distance because there's just so much angst in the world right now. And to the degree that it's touched you or your house, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Watch Him do something beautiful. He so wants to do it. Might we consider that as we look at this passage here in Isaiah 53, might we consider that even our own wounding could produce life for another if we go to the Lord and allow Him to take it and to redeem it. I want to encourage you, cash it in. Take it to Him. It's a paradox that virtue could flourish from a wound, but it does. Might we consider that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it and use it for good. Hello. Might we consider that all things do work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Do you love the Lord this morning? Are you called according to His purpose? Well, then just put pressure on that. All things, bless God, are going to work together for good. God, redeem it. Take the mess. Redeem it. Redeem it. Redeem it. Redeem it. My family was out in Wyoming a couple years ago. And they went into this store, this Outback store, and they had all this paraphernalia and T-shirts and all. And they saw this T-shirt and they took a picture of it and posted it. I loved it. It said, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, except with bears. Bears will kill you. I love that. But again, we perceive wounding as a downward spiral toward death instead of an opportunity for life. There's an opportunity in the woundedness. There's an opportunity in the brokenness. If we'll take it to the Lord, He'll make us even better. He'll do miracles with our pain. And what will happen is your place of conflict and your place of challenge will then become a new place of authority for you in the earth. The enemy overplays his hand many times and where he's tried to bring carnage in your life, if you'll look to the Lord, you'll present that to God. The grace of God will flow into that area. He'll heal you and then you'll have a platform to minister life to someone else. Why? Because you've been there. It's not merely theory. You've walked in it. You've seen the faithfulness of God. You've seen His faithful hand reach down and help you and pull you up. And now you've got something to say. Why? You've been there. And so you brought it to Him. And now He's given you a place of authority. We mentioned earlier how Pastor Rice Brooks, who we all admire, he's known for his faith. But the reason he's a man of faith is because before he got saved, he was crippled with fear, crippled with phobia. And out of that weakness, God turned it on a dime and made him strong in the very area of his challenge and carnage. God wants to do the same. You think, ay, 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 what an odd time right now. I mean, dear me, I can't even go to a restaurant unless I show my vaccination card. And, you know, and families are at odds with each other. Mask or no mask. Democrat, Republican, vaccine, no vaccine. Everybody's just mad. Everybody's just mad. It's like, what's going on in the world? It's like the gates of hell have just opened up. And so to the degree that you, you feel that, rise above it. Look to the Lord. Cash it in. Let Him redeem it. God's going to help us for the sake of others. 
It's going to say, for the sake of others, it's going to help us. We perceive wounding as a downward spiral toward death, but it's an opportunity for new life where streams spring up in the desert, in the barren places, in the hard places, in a context of darkness. Do you realize darkness is the best time for God to break in? You say, oh, the warfare. It's because God's fixing to break in. The warfare authenticates the moving of the Lord. The enemy sniffs what God's wanting to do. He gets nervous and he just starts throwing all these curveballs. We mentioned earlier about how Stephen, remember Stephen when he was stoned? I think heaven looked down when that was happening thinking, oh gosh, you shouldn't have done that. Nope, shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have messed with him. He was one of our finest. And there was Saul of Tarsus with Stephen's clothes laid at his feet. And probably heaven thought, well, because you did that, we're going to take him. And they took Saul of Tarsus, body slammed him on the road to Damascus, and made him a chief apostle among others. He shouldn't have done that. The Bible said to the prince of this world known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. I'm telling you, he's the God of resurrection and all power is his because he can take the carnage, he can take the mess, he can take the brokenness, he can take the wounds. And if we go to him and we cash it in, and we cash it out. He'll redeem it and cause us to be a source of life. Because we've been there. Because we've been there. Allow it to be a source of authority in your life. You know, the Apostle Paul was very aware of this mystery of how God powerfully redeems. Powerfully. He referred to his thorn in the flesh. Remember in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 8, he said, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, My grace, Paul, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight, go figure. How in the world and why in the world would Paul delight in hardships? But that's what the text said. He said, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, you better watch out. Here it comes. Here comes the grace of God coming on me like a chicken on a bug. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. When I'm weak, when the enemy's felt like he's played his worst hand, checkmate, you know, when it looks like it's over, here comes God. Here comes God. Here comes the miracle. Here comes the grace. Here comes the power. Here comes the anointing. Here comes the breakthrough. Your setback could be a setup for a comeback. Hello, but you'll come back better. You'll come back stronger. And it'll be a place of authority for you. Paul knew this. It was a paradox, but he knew it. And that's why he said, I delight in this because I know God's going to come on to me because I'm looking at Him. I mean, none of us would do this in our natural state. Delight in this stuff? Are you kidding me? In the early 90s, we would use the phrase wounded healers to convey the fact that we don't wait until we feel like we're all together before we start loving on people and ministering to others. We're flawed. We're broken. We've got our stuff. But there are people that need us, and we give away life and ministry while we're still not yet complete ourselves, and it's okay. We can either look at our brokenness or say, kind of like those lepers, if we stay here, we die. If we go over there, we, who knows, we might have a chance. Why don't we just get up and go? So even though we've got cracks, even though we've got fractures, we're going to get up and go because someone needs what we have. 
We're going to bring our brokenness to the Lord. We're going to bring our pain to the Lord. And He's going to cause it to be a source of life. He's going to cause it to be a source of healing for another. That's what God does. He redeems. And our brokenness can actually authenticate the message we bring. The treasure is in jars of clay. The gift of God is in earthen vessels. Even our humanity testifies to the gift that flows to us and through us. There's a great classic book written years ago by Watchman Nee called The Release of the Spirit about how the aroma of God is released when the outer man, that fleshly nature, is broken. Then there's a sweet presence of God because we're not relying on our own strength, but on the gift of God. See, when we're strong in ourselves, He's weak. But when we're weak in and of ourselves, He's strong. When we don't need Him, not much ministry is going to flow from us. But when we're like, God, I've got to have you. I know that in and of myself, there's no good thing here. But I need your grace and I need your lift. Even for the sake of the other, would you do something? Even in my frailty, would you touch them in spite of me? How many of you know, even though you feel like you may not be completely altogether, God can still use you to deliver someone else? And I'm sure they appreciate it. I'm sure they appreciate you're not sitting in a corner waiting until everything is aligned perfectly just right. I think our humanity even speaks more of the gift when we're honest and when we're authentic and when we're vulnerable. Not trying to be something we're not and just say, you know, it's all by grace. And as we lean into the Lord, watch what He does. Watch what He does. So, Jesus' wounds spilt blood and brokenness. They're what save us. We cannot improve on His sacrifice, nor would we want to. There's... There nevertheless is a principle here I think we can walk away with and that we allow our broken humanity to produce life and a well of life for another. God will not waste our pain if we bring it to Him. He'll redeem it. He'll do something with it. He'll give you a story for His glory. So if there's some brokenness or some carnage, I would say be quick to take it to Him. Because you want to have something to show for it at the end of the day. How many of y'all would like to have something to show for it? You see, the unbeliever, if they're going through a hard time, maybe the result is they just get beat up. But for the Christian going through a hard time, if they bring it to the Lord, we're getting better and we're helping another. Hello? I want to have something to show for it. I want to have something to show for it. And you know, the people need our honesty. The people need our transparency, our authenticity. It will heal them. It will heal them. One marriage counselor I really appreciate named Jimmy Evans of Marriage Today. I love how when he ministers at his conferences, he'll always lead with his mistakes and his failures. Why does he do that? Because he's building a bridge of identification with the audience. Because they're all thinking, you know, I guess I'm the only you know, nut job here. I'm the only one with problems. I'm the only knucklehead, whatever. But he starts leading and saying how insensitive I was, how I didn't care about her needs. Then she'll take the microphone and she'll begin to talk about where she missed the mark, where she was less than perfect and how she related with her husband. Why are they doing it? They're revealing their humanity to build a bridge so everyone corporately has a, aha, I'm in the right place. 
And then they bring the grace of how God can help and how he can lift. Matter of fact, I encourage you, Google him, couples. Jimmy Evans, just excellent videos that will encourage you. So he wasn't just choking with unfeeling truth, but he would lead with where they missed the mark to put people at ease. Our Jesus wrapped himself in humanity so he could identify with us. That's an amazing thing. What kind of God does that? would stoop down and be dressed in flesh in order to relate with us. How amazing. He is our faithful high priest who went through everything we would ever face as a human. He went in to offer His own blood and He was the priest and the sacrifice. He wasn't bringing something else that had been sacrificed. He was the priest and He was the offering. Go figure. You see, we hide our scarring and our scar tissue, but Jesus doesn't. And when He returns, His garments will be stained in blood and the piercings in His hands and feet, they'll be there. And in His side, it'll be there. See, by His stripes, we're healed. He humbled Himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted Him to the highest place. Gave Him the name above every name. Paul said we're to have the same attitude that was in Christ. Humility and identification is a good thing. We don't have to hide our brokenness, but we can allow it to produce life. So in this past two years, if you felt the strain, if you felt the angst, you don't know what end is up. You're just like, ay, yay, yay. It feels like just things are coming apart like a $2 watch. You're like, what is going on? Maybe in your own family, maybe in your own relationships, maybe in your business, maybe in your finances, possibly in your health. We don't deny it, but we bring it to the Lord and say, dear God, do something with it. Cash it out. Cash it out. Watch Him redeem it. Watch Him do what you could never do with it by your own striving. Authenticity is good, but we don't stop there. You know, so many find their identity in their pain and they allow that to identify in the name of being authentic. Well, be authentic about, yes, I've got problems and challenges here. I've got pain here, but I'm not stopping there. I'm going to Jesus. Uh, That's the end of the story. The end of the story is not, oh, I've got pain. Oh, I've got issues. It's like, yes, I have challenge, but I'm going to take it to Him. So yes, I want to be authentic, but I'm not going to grovel here. I'm not going to rehearse it for the umpteenth time. I'm going to keep moving until I find the peace and the grace and the healing that I need. And then when you get it, now you're a conduit for another. So let me just say something. Your carnage, your brokenness, it's holy unto the Lord. It's in the desert that you grow the most. The wilderness is a holy place. This past two years has been a wilderness, but let me encourage you, it's holy. It's a time for boot camp where God does deep things in our lives and He digs down deep and He deals with stuff we didn't even know that was there. Maybe attitudes pop up when there's disagreement with family members or others and we're like, where in the world did that come from? God wants to dig deep in this season of shaking. He wants to prepare his bride without spot or wrinkle. And so we don't go, oh yeah, I've just got all kind of mess. No, it's like, yes, it's there, but bless God, you're going to be equally yoked. And and the bride is making herself ready. 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 And we're going to cash in the stuff that we go through. So people need you. 
And they need what you've gone through. After you've run it through the cross, now you've got something to give. Why? You've been there. You've been there. You've tasted and seen now for yourself that the Lord is good. You come forth with the testimony of God's faithfulness. And in the very area where you were afflicted, now that's the source of your authority. You know, whatever truth you suffer for, it gives you that much more authority. Hello? When you suffer for what you believe and know to be true, there's an added authority. The persecuted church around the world, the nearness of God to them is so pure and so sweet. And the very area of conflict, God comes and shows Himself strong in a greater capacity. Uh, a couple years ago, I visited the historic U.S. landmark, the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. And it's inscribed on that bell, and you can throw the picture up, to proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof. To proclaim liberty throughout all the inhabitants of the land. So there she is. But yet also we see that crack, don't we? It's a bit of a metaphor, isn't it? But here's the thing. Even with the scarring, even with the cracking, you can still proclaim liberty. You can still help someone else. You can still proclaim freedom. You can still proclaim breakthrough. You can still be a wounded healer, even though you've got scars. If we waited until we didn't have stuff before we started moving, we would never start moving. You see, so that idealism really isn't real. We've got to realize scars and all, I'm bringing them to the cross. He's going to heal me as I go. I'm not going to wait and just sit until everything is right. I'm going to start moving and He's going to heal me as I'm moving. As I'm reaching out to another. See, through giving we receive. And as you heal someone else, it increases your wholeness. Are we here? So there it stands. I mean, it's almost a prophetic image to me. Proclaiming liberty, but yet there's that crack. There's that flaw, you see. You may feel like a cracked vessel, but you can still minister freedom. Broken healers. I like the story of Paul and Silas. Y'all know the story in Acts 16. How they cast out the spirit of fortune telling from a girl, generating much money for her owner. And then they were furiously brought before the city magistrates, Paul and Silas. They were stripped and beaten. They were severely flogged. They were thrown into prison with their feet fastened in stocks. You know the story. How at midnight they began singing praises. They began to worship God in that state. The earthquake hit and opened the doors, resulting in leading the jailer and his household to the Lord. Then they go back to the prison... And they're later officially released. And the last verse of Acts 16 and verse 40 says, quote, After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and what? And encouraged them. That's remarkable to me. They had been stripped, beaten, flogged, feet in stocks, in prison. They're released. They go back to the Bible study. And they encourage them. 
You see how this thing works? It's because Paul knew how to lean into the grace of God. He knew, he knew how to bring his brokenness before the Lord. And then in that context, he's still giving out. I mean, if it had been me and I'd been beaten and I'm, you know, just got released and they had been abusive, I would have walked in that Bible said, I want milk and cookies. I want you to fix up my, you know, hit the boo-boo on my back. Help me, you know, fix me. Not Paul. He's like, yep, we took a beating, but there's somebody else, somebody else who needs life. I'm telling you, he was an oasis of life all the time, 24-7. He learned the secret. When I'm weak, I'm strong. I'm not going to grovel and dwell on what happened. There are things to be done. There are things to be done. There are people to reach. There are others to encourage. They need my ministry more than I need to put everything on pause and just obsess on what happened to me. Some people are in a bad place because they're obsessing when they need to lift their gaze to the one who can deliver and heal. By his wounds, you're healed. And then your wounding can be a source of life for another if we bring it to the Lord. Don't wait until everything is perfect. This is just so remarkable how they did this. Remember Jesus himself. Remember how when John the Baptist was beheaded, he went out to spend some time by himself. His cousin had just gotten murdered, beheaded. And then the crowds found out where he was and they went out to him. You would think he would say, you know, the family would respectfully ask that you would you know, give them their private time during, you know. I mean, here they come. Here he is. He's trying to mourn. I mean, he's, he's human. He's fully God, fully man. He's the son of God, son of man. So in his humanity, his cousin had been murdered. He's going out to just reflect and to be alone. And here, here come the multitudes. And what does he do? Oh, guys, not now. Come back tomorrow. No, he looks and he's like, there's a need. I'm in pain. Yep, I, I, I'm in pain. My cousin died. It says, when he looked on them, that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were helpless and harassed. He had compassion on them. And he healed their sick and fed them. Who does that? We're obsessing with where I was wrong. They wronged me. Well, take a ticket and stand in line. I'm not going to, I will, I refuse to allow my injury to define me. I refuse to be a victim. I refuse to be a victim. It's not going to be my tombstone. No, it's going to be my stepping stone. I'm going to find grace in that. I'm going to find double for my trouble. How about you? Come on. There's going to be double. I'm going to, I'm going to decree divine recompense. I'm going to have something to show for it at the end of the day. Why? I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to get better. And Jesus was in that place of pain. He could have groveled, but here came the multitudes and he thought they, they have needs. So I'm not going to obsess with myself. I'm going to meet the need even while I'm in pain. It's been two years of pain, church. It's been two years of weirdness. I mean, it's just weird on steroids, is it not? I mean, it's just been crazy. It's just been wild, hasn't it? But we can get better. We can grow through it. We're not going to concede and just go, times are bad. No, times are good. People ask all the time, are things getting better? Are things getting worse? Yes. Darkness is covering the land, deep darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. Come on. Darkness is always the backdrop for the breaking in of the Lord. He knows what He's doing. 
It's kind of like a tale of two cities. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times. It's a paradox. But God's breaking in in the fullness of time. I want to be numbered among those that can be useful to the Master. Yes, we've got things that have happened to us, but I don't want to stop there. I want to find my healing and then I want to move in power to help someone else. Now there's a greater grace and a greater anointing because of having pressed through that, having found multiplied grace to now be a conduit versus being defined by that. Think about something concerning yourself right now and just say in your own heart, I refuse to be defined by that. I refuse to be defined by that injury. I refuse to be defined by that offense. I refuse to be defined where I was done wrong. Yes, you were done wrong, but there, no one has been more done wrong than our Christ. Innocent, spotless. He did everything right and they still wanted to kill him. Still wanted to cancel him. You think if I just say it just right and do it just right, they'll leave me alone. He did everything with perfection. And they still killed him. If anyone has a right to be mad, to be offended, it's our Jesus. And there he is up on that cross loving people. Doesn't make sense. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's otherworldly. Only God can do that. Only God can take the carnage and turn it on a dime. And yes, the scar tissue can be there, but you're healed. And let me clarify, healed wounds are the source of our authority, not festering wounds. So let's get healed up. Amen. And then from that platform, oh, we're going to be deliverers. And there are people that need us. So wounded healers, it's okay. It's okay. I told the story earlier, Russ Austin talks about when he was a young minister and he had just come on this staff, this team of pastors, and they had been doing a lot of meetings and there was something going on one night where he just said, I'm tired. And the pastor looked at him and said, boy, let me say something. You get ready, you go out there and you prepare to make wine. In other words, remember John 2 and Jesus went to the wedding and they ran out of wine and he turned the water into wine his mother said they've run out of wine he's like woman why do you bother me my time's not yet come but he still did it and there are times where we don't feel like it but for the sake of the other we're going to make wine for the sake of the one who needs it we're going to make wine it doesn't matter like well i don't i'm not really feeling it i'm not really feeling anointed well what does that mean i'm not i don't really i mean i didn't you may not feel like getting up in the morning what does that mean i don't feel like going to work but we still, we get up, we move, and as we're moving, the grace of God attends us. Because there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And you're talking about confused. You're talking about clueless. You're talking about being upside down. Make wine. Yeah, but I got my own issues. It doesn't matter. You just start moving. You just start moving. You just start moving. You just start trusting. Watch how God will move to you. And through you. Remember the story of Nehemiah when he rebuilt Jerusalem? Remember that narrative? There was a carnage everywhere. The city was burned to the ground. Rubble everywhere. He went there with a deep burden for reconciliation. A deep burden for redemption. You know the raw materials that Nehemiah used? Burnt stones. Burnt stones. Go figure. You ever been burned before? Anybody never been burned before? Great. You're the building blocks God wants to use. 
God can use you. God can redeem it. God uses the same today. Beautiful, burned, broken stones. People, if we'll look to Him in faith. So a squirrely two years, sure. Odd things happening, the economy being hit, sickness everywhere, fear, division, polarization, and possibly we've taken a few hits. We admit it, but then we cash it out. We cash it out. We say, God, redeem my stuff. You may feel like I'm so jacked up, you have no idea. It's all right, God can do it. God can make a miracle. He can bring forth streams in the desert. Would you pray with me and trust Him for that? Lord, I just thank You that in this hour, You need Your people, flaws and all, imperfections and all. And Lord, I pray that in this day, when there's so much that's going sideways, people are looking, longing for answers, for hope, for direction. Yet here we are with our fragility, incomplete, certainly lacking, but that's not going to stop us. We're going to go to you with our stuff and we're going to cash it in for grace. We're going to run to the cross and we're going to allow you to touch us and then recommission us once again. Some of us have been shut down in this season. I get it. We have to be creative with how we do ministry, how we do church. I get it. But some of us, maybe we've taken too much of our identity and we've put maybe too much stock in the season. God wants to recommission and get us moving again. Whatever that means for you, because someone needs you and you've got a lifeline to flow. And you can begin by telling them your story. I've got issues here and here myself, but God is helping me. God is healing me. And I just want to extend myself to you. I believe I've got a word of encouragement for you, a word of hope for you. I want to help if I can. There's life on the other side of your challenge. There's life. So Father, I commend them to that ministry of reconciliation. I commend them as healers. If you want that, can you just raise your hands to the Lord? Father, I just pray that you redeem everyone's situation, everyone's challenge. And Father, send them into hard places. Send them into dark places to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Send them into the context of challenge and carnage. And even though they have their own challenges, there are many, there are multitudes in the valley of decision that need it more. So while we're yet being healed, send us wounds and all, scar tissue and all. We will proclaim liberty, even with cracks in our lives. It's okay. We're going to help. We're going to lift. We're going to be the answer. Lord, touch down on this island of Guam. Touch this region of Micronesia. Do what you do, God, and bring mighty deliverance and freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Taylor. Are you encouraged, church? 
Yes, thank you for that strong word of encouragement to believe God, to redeem our stuff and use that to strengthen us and to use us to help someone else. Uh, what a great message. As we go, um, I want to encourage you to remember two things. Uh, number one, we have a photo booth out there in the foyer. Uh, there might be a line, but I encourage you to use it to make a memory for our 29th anniversary. And also, we have a little gift for you. Uh, remember to take that on your way out. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. And I'm rising up with you. Rising up with you. Rising up with you. Rising up with you. You take me high on the wings of your truth. Yes, I'm rising up with you. Rising up. Rising up with you. Elevated